Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver. I am George Stoya alongside my good co-host, Nick Ferguson. Nick, how are you doing this beautiful Tuesday morning? Hey, man, I am doing spectacular, and I know Broncos country is doing fabulous as well. How are you doing? We have a coach. I'm great. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm super excited, Nick. I feel like yesterday uh, was a very good day for, for Broncos fans. Uh, Sean Payton was officially introduced as the head coach at his press conference. Uh, I thought it was really impressive, Nick. I thought I asked the question of the day. I asked about the orange tie that he was wearing on NFL on Fox. Uh, he gave me a good answer. Um, so I'm feeling really good, Nick. I don't know. What was your takeaway from the press conference yesterday? Uh, the one that George is uh, bringing his arm, patting himself on the back for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, it was a great press conference. And how he started out really with the opening statement. And I have to say this. There haven't been too many, uh, I guess, press conferences that I've attended where there was an opening statement. We saw Jerry Rosberg do that when he took over with an opening statement. And then now, you know, Sean Payton, and he's doing that. Now, I'm wondering, is is this a trend being set now uh, before anyone asks any questions where will the head coach now have an opening statement? I hope not, but it was uh, a great opening press conference seeing uh, George, uh, George there and seeing Greg Penner there. And Sean Payton's family sitting in the front row. Uh, it was uh, spectacular. And 
this is what you expect from an experienced head coach. Let's be totally honest. I mean, a guy with over 15 years in the NFL, and I, I, for me personally, George, I feel as though the time that he spent as a studio analyst for Fox, it, it kind of helped with his ability to address uh, the media. And he kind of hinted at it where he mentioned that, I don't know where this idea that I am some kind of tyrant, this is me just paraphrasing uh, his comments, but uh, I'm not really uh, that way. But he still went on to say, okay, well, he has somewhat changed uh, since his early days as a coach. But, you know, I can't wait to kind of work with him. And what I mean by that is just back and forth that questions and seeing how he handles certain situations that he's going to have to address with this team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Nick, let's go through a, a couple of the things that were said yesterday that I, I think were key key points. And obviously, we'll get into some of the other stuff in, in different segments. But um, I, I thought some of the the key stuff that we heard yesterday was the relationship with George Payton, right? That's been a big question mark of how are those two going to work together? You mentioned the quote that I thought was really important. He said, hey, everybody thinks I'm a tyrant, uh, but I, I don't you know, want control like everybody thinks I want control of the team. Obviously, he's going to have a lot of control of what goes on, but George Payton is still going to be the general manager. Uh, I think some other things that came up, the search itself, right? It was brought up about D'Amico Ryans. Uh, it was brought up about, you know, wanting maybe other coaches and both Sean Payton and Greg Pinner talked about, Hey, you know, yeah, sure. Everybody talks about interviewing other guys, but we ended up landing on Sean. He was our guy for the last few days. We tried to work through a deal. It was a complex deal. Uh, I think is the way George Payton phrased it. Uh, and then Russell Wilson, and I know we'll get into Russell Wilson a little bit later, but he had some really interesting comments. I think my biggest takeaway from all of that, Nick, is they have an adult as the head coach now. And I'm not saying Nathaniel Hackett is not an adult, uh, but it's, it's, it was very different from what we heard from Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, this guy, this guy's laying down the law. This guy's been to the top of the mountain. He knows what it looks like. Uh, this, the success level, the winning pedigree that this guy has, you can feel that when he speaks uh, and you can just tell that uh, it's going to be a different culture around, around Denver than what it has been the last few years. It's funny. You said, okay, well now you have an adult in the room, but you said, well, that you're not trying to take a shot at uh, Nathaniel Hackett. And it's, it's almost like when someone says, Hey man, no disrespect. And then the statement follows. Yeah, of course. If they preface with their statement by no disrespect, everything about what they're going to say that comes after, it's all about disrespect. So it is funny that you say that. It, it, it was was crazy is that there were so many individuals in, the, in that uh, press conference yesterday from the media who were saying the same thing, and they, they kind of addressed it the same way that you say, no disrespect to Nathaniel Hackett, but there's an adult in the room dealing with the players. I, I'll say this. I won't go as that that far. But you, you can feel the energy was a little different in the room. And you could tell that by the number of local media that came out who, George, we have never seen them out in, in full force like that uh, all season. But there was local media out. There was national media out. So that tells you that this means something to the media, both locally and nationally. And there's something unique about Sean Payton. That the fact that he was, I mean, he only won one Super Bowl, but he was a mainstay in the playoffs. Broncos country, they're starving for that. I mean, they they caught a glimpse of it, what it could be like, but when you get a guy like Sean Payton, it's like, man, okay, 
Things are not going to change around that fast, but at least we know we have a guy who has a mental capacity to get this offense back on track. And I try to uh, warn people, especially those in the media, because you get a guy like Sean Payton. I know the enthusiasm is going to be there. Okay, he's going to fix Russ. Now we're off and running the playoffs, the Super Bowl. And I'm like, man, let's pump our brakes for a second. He still has a lot to do with that offense and, more importantly, that offensive line. I was about to ask you, Nick, and, and you kind of brought it up, but he was asked about expectations in year one um, a couple times, really. And one of the questions was, well, you know, in New Orleans, uh, he came in and they were 3-13 and 13 the year before. Obviously, they had Hurricane Katrina. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on there. The next year, they're 10-6. and six. He wins AP Coach of the Year in his first season. What should the expectations be for Sean Payton next season? Obviously, it's a different situation than what he was in New Orleans, but he's shown that he can turn a team around fairly quickly. But what, what are your expectations for him in year one? Well, uh, for me, the first thing is, is culture change, right? And getting all the guys on the same page. And he kind of alluded, this, alluded to this in one of his statements. He was just like, well, not, not everyone's going to like it. This is not going to be for everyone, but this is just the way that we're going to do it. And that's going to be the first way that the players have to learn to adjust to Sean Payton and a new culture that he's bringing in because that co- the culture will be new. You will see uh, guys moving around at practice opposed to just kind of just kind of walking around. And it's all about finishing for him. Finish everything that you do as a player, and we should see that kind of uh, production shown on the on game day. But I'm I'm not to a point where I am looking at the schedule, George, and say, okay, well, this is the amount of games that the Broncos are, are going to win. I, I don't want to get down down the road too far. I just want to look at small things from the very beginning. So for me, my expectations is the culture change, watching the players adjust to that culture watching how they practice, how they adjust to their new environment, the new coaching. And then I will be able to tell you, you know what, based on what I'm seeing, what the projections are going to be as far as wins to losses and whether I consider this team to be a playoff caliber team. What about yourself? This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yeah, no, I think that that's realistic expectations in year one, and, and that's kind of what he said, Nick, I mean, he, he said basically like, hey, I'm not going to give you a prediction on you know how many games we're going to win, but a real realistic expectation is to see us put in the work and to see us change the culture around here. And, and I think that the emphasis that he had on focus on the details, Nick, um, and, and those sorts of things and, and putting in the extra work, staying off social media was something, it was some sort of quote about that, right, that, that kind of blew up. You know, I think that those are the small things, Nick, that you want to see change next year. Uh, even game management, he had a quote there off to the side with some media about, hey, I don't think the fans are going to have to count down the play clock next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think back, and I wrote this in my story yesterday for the Denver Gazette, that they had nine one-score losses this last year, Nick. 
In a lot of those games, a handful of those games, good coaching wins them those football games. You think of the Baltimore game, you lose by one. You think of the Colts game that you lose in overtime by a field goal. The Chargers game, you lose in overtime. Both Raiders games, you know, those were poorly managed. I mean, there's a lot of games that they poorly managed last year. They think, hey, man, you you manage those a little bit better. Maybe you win four or five more games last year. Uh, And I think you even look back, Nick, I went back and did the research. The last six years, Nick, they've lost 35 games by one score. And that, again, I'm not saying they win all those games with Sean Payton, but there's a handful of those games they probably win with better coaching. And so that, to me, uh, is what you should should expect next season is when they get into those close games, Sean Payton's going to be able to help them win some of those, get them over the hump. Uh, now, they still have a lot of roster things they need to do. Like you mentioned earlier, they got to go out and get a better offensive line. They got to replace some of these guys. Uh, they got to go out and get some different players in free agency. They've got to draft a couple guys. Um, so there, there's some roster holes on this. You got to hope Russell Wilson improves. And again, we'll get into Russell in an entire se- segment of his own. But that's that's kind of the expectation for me is, okay, can you get over the hump of some of these really close games that, again, little things here and there uh, can make the difference. And that's why I think the emphasis on the details was really crucial yesterday. Well, there is uh, this so uh, saying, you probably heard it before, the devil is in the details. And I don't know why uh, the devil was always mentioning it, but the game is about being detail-oriented. If the route calls for you to run a route and break inside at 12, we don't need it at 11. You don't need it at 15. We need it at 12 because that is correlating with the steps that the quarterback is going to have in the pocket, and it takes the pressure off the defense. So those details are going to be uh, really important. And you, you mentioned, Ross, I just want to touch on it really quickly. I know we get into it later. It's going to be on Russell to change some of the details that have been ingrained in him for a while. And we have to see if he can master that as a veteran uh, quarterback. But yeah, the details are going to be really important. And when we hear the word details, sometimes we automatically, George, think about the X's and O's. No, no, no. See, see, the details happen before you even hit the field as far as dealing with the X's and O's. It's like, are you making your, your meetings on time? Are you uh, focusing on the details of uh, your, your workouts, right? How are you studying and watching films? Those are all the details that players have to deal with before they even hit the field. So if you're able to master those details, when the coach gives you the details of the X's and O's and what his expectations are, then you can kind of fulfill those things as a player. And we look at some of the close games that you have listed as far as the percentage of the Broncos' losses over the past couple of years and just losing by the smallest of margins. To me, it does come down to the details because what did we see all last season? When the team moved the ball down the field, someone either fumbled the ball, there was a holding call, there was uh, uh, someone not aligned properly when it comes to uh, lining up for a play. Right. So so those are the details that guys need to focus on once they get into the game. But like I said, those details start way before you ever get your playbook. Yeah, I totally agree. And I thought it was interesting when I kind of asked that joking question about the orange tie. um, He mentioned his pocket square and how he purposely had it pointing upwards because that's the you know symbolic of where they're going, which is a little cheesy whatever. But I think that that, again, speaks to 
sort of the detail. I mean, there was even the story that uh, I think it was Greg Pinner brought up about his time in New Orleans that he thought the towels weren't big enough. And so they went out and bought bigger towels, Nick. Um, I don't know if that ever happened, you know, while you were playing, if the coach was like, oh, we need bigger towels in the locker room. But that's the sort of uh, attention to detail. It's the small things um, that the Broncos need to focus on. And I think that they've been missing the last few years. So it sounds like Sean Payton is, is going to bring that in quickly, Nick, before we take a break. And um, we'll dive into Russell Wilson in the next segment. Um, who do you think asked the best question yesterday? I mean, you got to give props to your guy, right? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is, is this another lame attempt for you to, to what well, now get, you've already pat yourself on the back. Now yeah. you're trying to get me into the act of patting you on the back. Well, I, yeah, I'll say, right. I'll say this, George, when, when uh, I heard, uh, you know, George story from the Denver Gazette, I, I was I was waiting to see what question that you were going to ask. I, I'll say this though: your question kind of got the biggest laugh and the biggest reaction uh, from Sean Payton. So I would definitely give you credit uh, for that. And you could tell some of the media people were trying to warm up to him right away with their cheesy laughs or whatever. But the question that you asked was a very genuine question, and it got or received a very genuine response. So. I'll give you credit for that, George Storia. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. In a room full That's of cool. cheesy media asking, you know, some cheesy questions and cheesy laughs, yours really put the icing on the cake, George. How about I that? I can't tell I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not, but I'll take the compliment <laughs> from, from Nick. No, but, minute, George, you asked me. I gave you a genuine answer, and now you are thinking it's sarcasm. No, man. Seriously, when I, I sat in the second row. you I think you sat, uh, what, the third or fourth row behind me? Third or fourth, yeah. 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 So when, when I heard the last question, right, it was like uh, it was going to George Storia. And when you asked your question, I was sitting there saying, okay, let's see what George is going to ask, because I know he's been waiting for a while to ask this question. So when you asked the question, it was a question that may have been asked before, but it was how you set it up. And then ultimately it was the response of Sean Payton. He didn't go, well, you know, I, I had the question asked before and whatever. He was like, kind of like doing right. Yeah. That's why I wore the orange tie and the orange pocket square. He got a nice little laugh and he said some other things. So man, kudos uh, for you. And I couldn't react the way that I wanted to react. Like, yeah, George did it, you know, so I'm doing it now. So once again, it's not sarcasm, but it's real genuine enthusiasm and show of support for you, George. Well, I appreciate that, Nick. I was, I was waiting for a standing ovation after it, but uh, no, see, uh, maybe next. So far. See, see, you know what? I mean, see, this is, this is why validation is so limited because you always trying to take it somewhere else, George. I mean, I felt like I, I deserved it. So, uh, but uh, Nick, we, we got to take a quick break and then we'll get into Russell Wilson, which I also asked about. People forget I also asked about Russell Wilson briefly before the orange tie. But uh, Nick, we got to take a quick break and then we'll dive into some of Sean Payton's comments on Russell Wilson. 